Hello, you are tuned in to the third episode of Friends of Ours. Thank you so much if you have listened before. To give you an idea of what this podcast is all about, I basically invite my friends who I think are experts in their field and they have a really interesting subject knowledge that I would love to share with you. If you've listened to the past couple of episodes, then thank you. We have covered everything from how to build your financial intelligence, you know, pensions, ISAs, to how to get a job, write a CV, how to boss an interview. But today it's all about weddings. Whether you're the bride, you're the groom, you have a wedding, a civil partnership, or you're a guest. I, there's no doubt about it. Everybody's, everybody loves a wedding. So I have invited one of my bestest friends in the whole wide world, Rachel London. She is an absolutely amazing wedding supplier she specializes in photography and videography as well and just in case you think well what's her credentials she's pretty amazing she has been published in the likes of Vogue, Tatler, Rock My Wedding and even in the midst of a pandemic she has opened her own photography studio and shop so I think that she knows what she's talking about and hopefully she'll come on today and give us some interesting tips and advice if you're planning a wedding so Rachel thank you so much for coming on how are you today I mean a bit bowled over by that introduction (laughs) it's all true though oh thank you I'm really excited about this actually really excited um I've been meaning for about a year to do like a little black book for my couples to kind of put together like um I mean you're doing it for me this is brilliant so I'm just literally going to send them the link to it here you go there you go yeah um I just it's so it's so important isn't it you know I think it's been such a rubbish year and some um for people who are planning wedding but it's also been for you as well you know you're you've had so many weddings and, and couples that you're friends with I've been booked in now I think it's such a good time for this episode because people can listen and if they've got their wedding planned they can take little advice and you know from you and kind of go forward from there I think it's safe to say that you have been to quite a few weddings Uh, a fair few definitely and I've seen a broad range of trends and tastes and ideas and styles and all sorts and what's great though is that this um theme or this discussion I think is not it it does relate to the pandemic and everyone's needing a bit of a boost but also it's timeless because when you're planning a wedding it's easy to get sucked in to the wedding pressure really Mm -hmm. Um, and you know you get engaged and your bridesmaids buy you wedding planning magazines and before you know it um it's it's all it's it's completely you know been blown out of proportion and things and so sometimes it's just nice to um recenter and 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 hear from a wedding supplier and get some ideas and things and so yeah I totally totally agree you are you've been there from the beginning haven't you in terms of the day or the weekend you see it all so I'm hoping we can cover some quite interesting topics at at this point and someone will take things away and think ah do you know what Rachel you've helped me there fingers crossed definitely yeah so I think let's uh let's get on with things so the first question that I wanted to ask you it is such a big day or weekend like I say and from the moment you know someone gets engaged they want to make sure they have the best moments of their lives so what do you think people shouldn't cut corners on okay so 
I think when in terms of weddings, weddings as a whole, first of all, um, do come with, a, you know, a bag of pressure and expectations and things. And the thing with a wedding is that for the majority of people, not for everyone, but the majority of people have thought about their weddings, especially the brides since they were young and so now you know all the cliches come into play it's their time they're only going to do it once and suddenly their day snowballs they have this idea of what they want and they've had this idea since their childhood and suddenly their day snowballs and they start um kind of really being extravagant with plans thing to remember though is that weddings um should all come down to exactly what you want as a couple so in terms of cost and what to spend money on what i say, tend to say to my couples is sit down together and list between 10 or 15 of the key moments when you think about getting married what are those moments that are most important to you? Not the moments that are most important to society and what, what you think should be important, but is it things like the dress reveal? Is that an important moment where you come down the aisle or the ceremony um, area and your groom or bride seeing you for the first time? Is that a moment that you really cherish? Do you want to spend loads of money on your dress? You might do. So I think if you list those 10 to 15 key moments, the things that mean the most to you, that will help you work out where your priorities lie for your day. Um, and you can, in order to do this, talk to friends and talk to people that have been married before. Think about weddings you've been to. Mm -hmm. and think about all those moments that stayed in your head some people put loads of emphasis on the food they want to sit down with their friends and family and really celebrate with an incredible meal three or four courses after they've been married and they want they want to treat their friends and family to amazing food mm -hmm. other people just want to feed their guests as fuel so they can have fun yeah. <laughs> it's like I think the most important thing to remember is in terms of spending money you need to you need to spend the money on areas that you want to spend money on and that will make your day what you want it to be the thing with that I always say to my couples as well is Instagram as great as it is but Instagram and social media has created um, a bit of a wasteful wedding culture so because everything with weddings um, and well everything in life really everything's now visual so it's all about um setting stuff up so it looks incredible and delivering those wow moments and but that encourages loads of spend on extras and on personalized hangers and house decorations and matching drinking glasses that have your names on matching bridesmaids dressing gowns things like that this is where suddenly all this expense comes in so things like that you can create those things but ask your friends you know your friends who might have got married before they can ask their bridesmaids has anyone got a set of four bridesmaids dressing gowns that I can borrow that match things like that and if you have an unlimited budget fantastic go to town you know do all those things but a lot of people don't so there's ways around that Mm, that is such a good point actually it has just created Instagram like a wasteful society in terms of that like as someone that goes to a lot of weddings what I often tell my couple my couples is um it's easy to forget that the things that actually the fundamentals that make a good wedding is atmosphere and fun and mm -hmm. everyone having a good time celebration things like that so um it's easy to get caught up in creating incredible visuals with all these extras but actually you just want you just want to have a really good time unless obviously you know 
like I say, each couple varies. Some of my couples, what's really important to them is their faith and coming together in the marriage and the ceremony part. Mm. So if that is what's important to you, then you might want to be spending money on those aspects of the ceremony that cement your marriage together. Um, so it, it, I think it's a really personal thing, but I think making a list of priorities is a great idea. Mm. There's a few hacks that I've picked up along the way in terms of spending though. Um, a bride that I knew hired her wedding dress. Now, I think the idea of hiring wedding dresses um, has weird connotations. People don't know how they feel about it or they they think hiring equals secondhand. There are companies out there who specialise in incredible dresses that are almost like ex-show props and ex-costume um, dresses. She hired a 1920s wedding dress, which the fabric was all cut on the cross and the way it hung was incredible. Her mm-hmm. hire charge was £350 and her view was... It's a dress that she was going to wear once. She absolutely loved wearing it, but she doesn't feel any loss about the fact that it's not not underneath her bed in a box. Um, mm-hmm. So she she felt like she got an incredible deal, an incredible dress, but without spending, you know, two grand on it. Um, another bride I know had a 10-tier wedding cake, which was higher than them, okay, in, in terms of height. Yeah. Um, but nine of the tiers were fake. So she went to a company that makes... <laughs> fake tiers of wedding cakes and then one of the tiers is real that's the tier they cut into mm. and when they obviously the cake was taken off into the kitchen they already had it just a big sheet cake that was made made up and cut up for everyone and to be honest guests are so well oiled at that point that they just want something <laughs> sweet you know what I mean and they were all so how, true how great the cake was yeah exactly yeah. um what uh, a great hack I was actually just yeah. going back to the um sorry back to the lady with the dress a lot of grooms hire their, their suits, don't they, as well? So, like, it's interesting that it's okay for the guy to hire the suit, but the woman feels a lot of pressure that she has to keep this dress. But, And I love the fact, actually, that there's, um, that, you know, the whole fast fashion conversation has been had and that there is more acceptance around um, hiring clothes or or even buying pre-loved wedding dresses and then mm-hmm. selling them on and I know a friend who got married in a Jenny Packham wedding dress Jenny Packham's a really oh, she's amazing <laughs> yeah her dress was incredible again cut on the cross really figure fitting and embellished with beads and everything um, and she bought it at a sample sale wore it and then sold it on for more she bought it for, bought more than she bought it for I mean, savvy woman, <laughs> savvy bride. He doesn't love a savvy bride. So you see, the thing is, is that I think there has been a lot of pressure on brides for years about the dress, even having that moment. I can tell you what, Jay. Nine times out of ten, my brides have said they've been torn between two or three dresses. They haven't had that moment, that pull moment where they're like, "This is the one." Mm. And it's a lot of that comes from Hollywood and comes from films and this idea that a wedding has to be something that actually you decide what your wedding's like, you know, mm-hmm. you decide exactly what kind of dress you want and you decide where you get your dress from. Yeah. So if you feel and look a million dollars, but you definitely will because brides do, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter where it comes from. No, as long as you feel good in it, then, then that's the main thing. Mm. Amazing. And in terms of the weddings that you've been to that you think, do you know what, guys, if I can give you a tip now, just don't bother doing that. Like I said before, so a lot a lot of my friends are wedding um, planners and they will often have clients where they come to them and they say, I've got an unlimited budget, plan my wedding for me. Can you imagine how amazing that would be? I mean, that's incredible. 
However, a lot of my couples come to me and they say, we want to get married, we want to have a great day, but we also want to buy a house because it's 2021, we live in generation rent and people's priorities have changed now. Yeah. I think one of my biggest things is a wedding favours. So when yeah. the couple feel the pressure to buy guests a gift and to put it on their, on their, you know, their place. Even um, I know a couple that got their wedding guests like scratch cards, which was quite fun. And someone won 15 quid at their wedding reception. So that was quite fun. He was screaming, <laughs> waving it in the air, like Charlie on the factory. Yeah. Yeah. Wedding favours. Look, I can tell you that the amount of weddings I've been to where at the end of the night, all the staff are clearing the tables after the dinners and all the wedding favours are just all over the tables. People don't, even when people have provided miniatures, alcohol miniatures, mm -hmm. they'll, people you know they've gone undrunk um yeah. the, the lottery thing the scratch card thing I was kind of saying because that's a wedding favor you can give where it's only a pound per person so it's quite an inexpensive way of doing wedding favors the only thing point. is though that's even that is like an extra 80 or 100 pounds if you're on a budget that could go towards yeah suits or whatever I think that's the um that's what I mean about that question in terms of more about where you can save your money where it might mean traditional to to do wedding favors but in terms of the guests are they really going to have that little bottle of tequila or that gin or that or whatever it is it's so thoughtful but the amount of thought and price and time that goes into that isn't necessarily reciprocated and you could put that sum of money somewhere else is there anything else that you would um, that you would say that potentially? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was going to say also you don't need to buy your guests presents because they they get they've been invited to your wedding and they're celebrating mm. with you and that is enough definitely. Mm. Um, so bridesmaids, bridesmaids are some uh, are an area where and I suppose groomsmen as well. That is an area where costs can really spiral. So get rid of them. Don't need them. <laughs> You're ruthless. No, I'm cardboard joking. Cutouts. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, cardboard cutout bridesmaids are the new the new thing. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I went to a um a wedding where one one of my brides had nine bridesmaids, and which was I mean the photos they looked incredible because obviously. Yeah. They all had incredible dresses. She actually got their dresses um, from Misguided. So the dresses were only 18 pounds each. Um, and because there's loads of them together, like as a collection, it looked amazing. They were, they were burnt orange and they looked amazing. But the thing with bridesmaids is that obviously that is an area that's e you, it's easy to get carried away with things like um, bridesmaid presents, bridesmaid matching dressing gowns, as I said before, bridesmaid shoes. Um, you know, if you've got six bridesmaids and you're buying six pairs of bride bridesmaids shoes, it's easy for things to get really, really expensive. One way around that is if you were to make your bridesmaids dresses floor length and then just get them to wear ballet pumps, shoes won't really be seen. Mm -hmm. But also, like, if you are on a budget, don't feel pressured to buy matching hangers, matching dressing gowns, this yeah. and the other, um, because actually it's just about you coming together and having a good time. And um, if you've got a great photographer, which I'm sure you will have, a great <laughs> photographer can make can make anything look beautiful and look timeless and fantastic. Yeah, um, I'm just going to say an, an, another way of sort of saving money is guest numbers. So. When you're planning your wedding, I think the guest list is one of the hardest areas to nail down. And there's um, it's it's the hardest thing in the world to know who to invite and who not to invite. But one silver lining that's come out of the pandemic is smaller weddings have actually become trendier. Um, 
the benefits of this of having a smaller wedding I only did four weddings in 2020 because it was obviously like a bit of a terrible year mm. all four of those weddings were micro weddings due to covid and they were weddings that the couple hadn't planned they didn't want it to be didn't want them to be that small mm. but each couple said that they if they did it again they'd they'd do exactly the same thing um, mm. and it's there's a lot to be said about being able to spend real quality time with your guests yeah Absolutely. I think in terms of numbers as well, um, it's really easy to get carried away and think, I really want a big wedding. And, you know, but you have to kind of have a reality check and think, hey, when was the last time I did actually speak to that person? Did they, have they even met my partner? Um, have I been in their life? And, you know, it's just it's easy to get carried away with, oh, but we're into school or take a step back and think, who do I want to share my special day with? I think it could probably be quite hard with family politics as well, though, can't it? Yeah. And that side of things. But I think maybe the pandemic has definitely given people a bit of a chance to say, no, we're just going to do smaller numbers. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Like you say, it's a real chance to be, you know, intimate with yeah. people out there. Or, you know, kind of going forward as restrictions are lifted and people are able to have more, if people want a bigger wedding, amazing someone actually said to me before like when you're thinking of a wedding list uh, invite list you are essentially paying for their dinner so like in a nice way who would you voluntarily phone up and say hey Rach come on I'll take you out for dinner yeah and that is who you should be inviting to your wedding and not like oh god but I don't want to be why do I have to pay for them it's not about that it should be someone that you you'd happily spend the evening with or day um and just yeah sharing the, the nice bits with yeah I always say this to so when, whenever I book a wedding with a couple we have a consultation and mm. I always make a point of asking like how's the wedding planning going is there anything that's worrying you things like that so that I can answer questions and I always say how are you getting on with your guest list because it's it is a really stressful part of planning a wedding of like the politics involved like you say mm-hmm. um, and I've had lo- loads of my couples saying that they're struggling over cu- distant cousins and cousins partners that they've never met and everything like that and mm-hmm. and I always say to them the same thing that I'll say now and that is that only they are in charge of their wedding and if they don't do exactly what they want then what's the point and I think it's so easy to get bogged down in politics and to tick boxes for other people and mm. I'll have to invite my parents friends because they've known them for years and things like that mm. actually who would you go and buy dinner for exactly like you said and as an example my um my boyfriend is really good friends with my first boyfriend from when I was 18 and um, it is in Lincoln yeah it is yeah yeah everyone knows everyone and it's a re- and they're really good friends still I mean it's been years since we were together I mean I'm not 19 anymore as you can tell um it's been years and um about a year and a half ago they he got engaged and I said to my boyfriend um Dan I said oh it's lovely I said I hope they know that they don't have to invite me though to the wedding like I hope they know that mm-hmm. and sure enough the day rolled around where Dan was given the invitation and the invitation was directed to him when he came home Dan came home and told me and he was a bit nervous he was like oh I was like good for them I love that because why would they why would they want you know they don't know me it's been years since we spoke yeah. yes I'm Dan's partner but actually would they invite me on a night out or to dinner no 
Mm. Don't feel obliged to invite invite someone to your wedding just because you feel you should. Mm. Who do you actually want to invite? Who do you want to buy dinner for? And who do you want to celebrate with? Yeah. And like, if they're decent people, then they'll understand. I, not only did I understood, I applauded their decision. <laughs> and them. Um, so yeah, I think there's enough stresses, isn't there, in terms of the day and you know the pressures. So let alone thinking about so-and-so if they're gonna you know throw their toys out of the pram if they haven't spoken to them in like years or something but yeah. um oh you can yeah there's just there's been family arguments based on this you know people not talking for years based on on you know cousins and stuff not being invited and whatever. Also, like if you're inviting your second cousin's partner mm. in order to justify them coming and to pay for them coming what what else are you not paying for do you know what I mean so mm. to pay for that person and to afford for that person to come you're then missing out on paying for something else so that's why it is really important to get your guest list right and to stick with your guns on that point actually we did have a question which you've um you've summed up quite nicely so i'll do a retrospective question of um a friend of mine me- messaged sorry uh and she's getting married in the summer and i think she is going for quite um unusual cuisine and, and food t- tastes and i think their family uh, like kind of questioning that and being like oh well, you know nan's not going to really like that and why why do you want that I think that just touches on the the family politics and wedding obligations thing as well, doesn't it? Like you have to do what's right for you. I don't know if you've come across many situations like that when you ask your couples at that consultation stage, but hopefully they're not the only ones, I'm sure. It's really hard to please everyone. It's, yeah, do you know what? It's the, the sad thing is, is that I've actually got a really good example of this, of exactly what you just said. And it's actually my mum. When mum and dad got married, um, she, mum just wanted to marry my dad. And they're still very much in love and, you know, yada, 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 romance, romance. But like, uh, I can test to that. <laughs> <laughs> my, so um, my very sweet, lovely grandma, um, who's very religious and was um, determined about what should be done traditionally and whatever. And she felt like she was helping, but she she took over. Mum felt she took over. And mum ended up with a wedding day she didn't want. She would never have planned it herself like that. Yeah. And mum always says that she didn't really enjoy her wedding day, to be honest. And that's because, like, grandma had the vicar sitting next to mum and dad at the table, at the top table, and mm-hmm. all these boxes that were being ticked that mum just went along with because she wanted to keep grandma happy mm-hmm. and it's the same with your friend if they're if if your friend's family is saying oh you don't have Mexican at a wedding mm. tell you now as someone that goes to a lot of weddings in you know this day and age that it is now traditional to be non-conformist so I mm-hmm. the things I've seen at weddings obviously fish and chip fans that's quite a popular one love it people literally queue up and eat yeah. dinner out of out of newspaper a bit of me with a beer oh, and a wally absolutely another yeah you love that you love love it was like what's a wally i'm like a gherkin how do you not know this anyway Uh, i didn't you taught me there you go spreading knowledge everywhere that's what you've learned from me in this podcast yeah that's my you learn anything today it's that um another couple that i know ordered dominoes and and everyone just took a box and sat down in couples or in groups and just shared dominoes out of the box yeah. it's literally almost like now the, the more weird and wonderful the idea is the better um ice cream fans 
Yeah, exactly. I think also the possibilities are now endless, aren't they? So it's generally like whatever you want, you can get it. But yeah. if you also want the three course traditional meal, go for it. That's lovely. Yeah. Um, but if people feel like they want to or they see marriage as like they want it a bit more laid back, then you can see. Oh, it's brilliant how as time's gone on that, you know, they can have more choice there as well. So whether it's Mexican or hog roast or bacon rolls at 12 o'clock, whatever it is there is really something for everyone isn't there so um and I've been to I mean talking of kind of non-conformist weddings here's something that is quite bold or a few things that are quite bold mm. I've been to a wedding where the couple had a really beautiful lavish wedding um at a gorgeous venue called Stockton Hall in Lincolnshire and it is as big as it sounds mm-hmm. um it's a gorgeous Georgian venue and they had Colin the Caterpillar as their wedding cake <laughs> yeah <laughs> I went to another wedding. I've been to a few weddings where they've decided not to have speeches. Mm-hmm. Um, their gr- well, their groom and their dad. Um, I'm saying there as in obviously the yeah. brides or could have been the grooms as well. Yeah. Um, just really didn't feel comfortable about standing up in front of everyone. And mm-hmm. we spoke about it at the consultation and the bride's like, I'm not bothered about you doing one. And the groom was like, I have to, I have to. Aww. And I said to them, again, what I'll say now is you don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I've been to weddings before where speeches haven't happened Mm. if a speech is going to make someone so uncomfortable at the thought of doing it that it's going to ruin their day don't do it just honestly there's other ways write them a letter that for them to read on the morning of the wedding or that's such a lovely idea instead exactly because I know that people would probably would would love to hear a speech but there are so many other ways you can go about it so a letter is a is a nice way and yeah they can say it in their own time then I guess also there are there are a few things I could tell you about speeches as well if you yes. brought it up while you're on the subject yes um, please I bet there's if there's any grooms who are listening or guys who are gonna have a speech you do a speech it's just like what do you do or what don't yeah. you do <laughs> yeah what do you include I've been I've been to a lot of weddings where um people have been really nervous and I get it like I'm lucky that we're both lucky that we find you know chatting publicly quite an easy task yeah my brother is the absolute opposite the thought of doing it just makes him really uneasy Mm. um but I've been to a lot of weddings where people have googled speech jokes oh no um, and it is and it's but it's like they've printed a speech from google Uh -uh. the thing I'll say is don't feel under pressure to be hilarious Mm. some of the best speeches I've ever witnessed is where someone stood up the shyest of, and most unassuming of people mm. and stood up and they started by saying, oh, you know, I'm really nervous. So just get, just cut me, cut me a break. And then they've just talked about their relationship with this person, looked at them, what's how amazing they look. And they've delivered the most amazing, authentic speech without trying to be funny. But then because they're relaxed into it, mm. then they end up being quite funny. And yeah, everyone's in tears and they get a standing ovation and, so don't try too hard to be hilarious mm. is the first thing I'd say. In terms of when you do your speeches, I've got I've got a bit of a thing about this. And I always okay. say to my couples, I always recommend that you do your speeches um, before dinner. So mm. when everyone's had, obviously you've done the ceremony, you've done cocktail hour, drinks, whatever, everyone moves through to sit down for dinner. Mm. If you then do your speeches with everyone's, everyone's got a glass of Prosecco, there's loads of reasons why it's a good idea to do it then. First of all, those delivering the speeches can then deliver their speech 
have it done because that is what it's a bit <laughs> for, for most people. Get it over with. No. Yeah. And then they can put their speech down, relax and enjoy their food. Mm. So like paying a lot of money for your wedding dinner, you want to enjoy it. And you're, yeah. whereas doing speeches after the, after the dinner, they're like eating and they're not switched off and they're going over their notes and they're thinking about, and it's consuming. Mm. So that's the first reason. The second reason is um, doing speeches before dinner means your guests aren't as drunk. Very true. <laughs> Some of the heckling I've witnessed where they've done the speeches too late in the wedding, everyone's far too oiled. People just think at that point that it's hilarious to stand on chairs and get involved in the speech. And this poor father of the groom or father of the bride is stood there trying to deliver this speech and they can't because they're dealing with sloppy Joe in the back who's had too many tequilas and yeah. oh, that's that's horrible. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Not only that, though, is doing your speeches before everyone's eaten means that everyone's um, alert. As soon as you mm. feed people, people become a bit sleepy or they want to get up and go to the bar or they want to dance. Yeah. To then make them sit through 35 minutes of speeches, not great. No. Um, so that's, I'd always say, do your speeches. Then once that's done, everyone can relax and have some food. You know what, talking about people not getting too drunk um, before the speeches happen, I have a story as well. I was bridesmaid at one of my best friend's weddings in Portugal. So as you can imagine, this setting was beautiful, this big like farmhouse. Um, there was a terrace and you go up the stairs and then that's where the main venue was with all these like windows um, where the wall was and bifolding and oh the God. tables were were next, were inside and we was all sitting down, had dinner, did the speeches, but everyone was well oiled as you would say and um this guy just starts kind of heckling and he started like moving around all this stuff and all of a sudden we just heard this ah and he it turned out thought he was leaning on the wall but it wasn't the wall was the window and the window was open and he tumbled out onto the terracotta tiles and had to be holding on for dear life um and it just, everyone just was like, oh, and it oh just kind of stood still. We didn't know yeah. what to do. So like me, annoying, trying to sort out a solution uh, quickly, ran to him and was like, quick, get up, you're okay. Like he cut all, cut all himself. He could have died. I mean, we're laughing about it now. It wasn't funny. No. Um, yeah, he just basically was saying that he'd uh, taken too many antihistamine tablets. That's a lie. He just <laughs> too many beers. Uh, yeah, just, he was just hammered. Yeah. Um, so yeah just try not to get too drunk everyone because it's hard though isn't it because you want everyone to have such a good time and you want everyone to celebrate with you and stuff but but at the same time like a, a wedding I went to but it was great actually because he's known for it the, the bride's brother had his shirt off at seven o'clock literally <laughs> like the, the dancing had the start and he was walking around like with his shirt off and but he's kind of known for that and everyone laughed along and it was lovely but imagine if if you were at a wedding where you know it was the wrong audience luckily for this like it wasn't they loved it so yeah. and also just on the last thing on speeches when a when a groom is delivering his speech this is so important mm. um obviously they get to the bit where they talk about their bride and how she looks grooms don't read that bit off your script because it's obvious that you've written it the night before like Rachel you look sensational I couldn't Rachel, believe it. you look like the best 
yeah. I've ever seen you. Like, <laughs> and then you're not looking. That's such a good point. Yeah. So, oh, like, when it, so just put a note that says talk about the bride and make a point of putting your speech down, turning to your bride, looking at her, and just just, just say what you see, as they say. Um. So it's Rachel, more authentic. You're basically like hitch for weddings. <laughs> I've just realised this. I've had I've had an epiphany. I'm gonna I'm just gonna sell your services as you can. You know, grooms can come to you and and brides with all with all the tips because oh, you do that. know what you're talking about. You're gonna help a lot of people. I think. Oh, I would love that. That's <laughs> to make them start a long and happy marriage by yeah. looking at them when they're when they're saying their speech. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's go to another question, which really okay. made me laugh. And a friend of mine sent this in. And when I sent it to say a friend of mine, it was a friend of mine, it's not me. Um, but <laughs> she said, how do you navigate a wedding as a single person? How can you make sure you're sitting sitting next to the single hotties? Have you um, have you had a few kind of single people come up to you at the wedding being like, help me out, hook me up? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a big subject, okay? Mm. This, it's a great question as well, because weddings great place to meet people um also if they're friends of your friends you know that they're reliable and they're, they're decent they, you know they're good eggs okay. so i think um this is a, to be honest i think it's probably the most important question of this podcast let's be honest um, <laughs> so the first thing i'll say is communication is key okay mm-hmm. so if, if you're the single person you want to speak to your bride and groom you want to say mm-hmm. first of all have a think about who's single in your wedding party that we might we might get on okay yeah. just just flag them to me second of all if you want to sit on the singles table or you want to sit next to them just voice that to your bride and groom mm-hmm. say no pressure i know you've got a lot of planning to do but if you want to put me next to someone who you know has a good sense of humor <laughs> on the flip side of that if you don't want to be on a singles table of strangers mm-hmm. say that as well i've been in that position before i went to a wedding as a guest and was put on a singles table my family were at the wedding and it just wasn't it oh, wasn't no. did actually come up to me and went you're single so we've put you somewhere else as if like as if... don't talk to her yeah. <laughs> in the corner so it was like a disease will come don't worry <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I was a bit like right okay okay singles in the in the corner yeah. so um, yeah, I oh, think you want to be with your family or with, you know, if you do find a, another, you know, hot single person, then great. But I think you've got to be going just just go in there head first, walk in and think, right, I'm going to make some friends today or yeah, like exactly. just enjoy yeah. being, with your fr- being with your friends as well. Yeah, exactly. Also, if you've worked out or if you've got your bride or groom to tell you who single people are, um, I mean, another great thing as a single person, hang out at the bar. You know, get yourself parked at the bar, get a good oh, spot. not the single person. I, I always find just hanging out at the bar is a really good idea. <laughs> I, I will second that. Yeah, definitely. Just do it anyway. You'll never feel on your own at a wedding if you're hanging out at the bar, is what mm. I'll say. If you're feeling really savvy and daring, um, get the photographer to set up some kind of photograph with you and the, and the person you fancy. So just be uh-huh. like, oh, you know, a uh, candidate over there wearing the jumpsuit. I quite fancy, quite fancy her, you know, I want to get talking to her. Can you set something up? And, you know, if the photographer's game, you know, I would be. If they've got props or something like that, then they can, um, they can get involved. Yeah. Um, Lots of options if you are a single person at the wedding. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Good luck with that. And the next wedding, I won't name who, who she was because she might get embarrassed. <laughs> Nothing to be embarrassed about. Being single at a wedding is fun. It is. It is. Exactly. 
how about the kind of best ideas you've come across yeah. in terms of, 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 of working that you can impart your knowledge on to us here? Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's loads. I've, I've seen some, some genius um, ideas, some cl really clever products, um, some really clever ways around things. So um, let's just go straight into it. One of my, yeah. my cousins, um, she's got a big group of girlfriends we're all friends with each other and they're all this sort of quite similar size so what they do is they dress swap so they basically have in amongst themselves a, an exquisite collection of <laughs> formal dresses ted baker and and all sorts and what they do is they literally just swap them around they they rotate like how brilliant is that that is such a good idea. That's actually genius. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know what it's like? He's like, oh, I can't wear that dress again. I've, I wore that to that wedding. Or I, people will see me in that again. That is... Yeah, that's the way around it. Definitely. Yeah. Love that. Um, also, there's a product called Penny Heels, they're called. They're basically like little 2P pieces made of clear plastic. Hmm. And on, on the flat of the 2P piece, there's like almost like a little straw. The idea is that they fit onto the bottom of your um, wedding shoes, onto the heels, and they right. stop your heels from sinking into the mud. And they basically protect your heels from getting covered in, in dirt and all sorts. Yeah. Um, and they're genius. And also if you get married in like a, an, a big stately home, um, they protect your dance floor, the wood of your dance floor of your big stately home from getting um, destroyed by oh, stilettos. Wow. So there's many reasons why these are great to be fair. I've never heard of them. See, this is where I wish I had like um, a dragon's den moment and just come up with something really clever like that and become a millionaire. Uh, who comes up with these ideas? No, really yeah. Um, another couple had like, what can only be described as a vat of boost chocolate bars and um, they put it they put them in the church and in the font hilariously um, and what, the idea was that once they'd had their ceremony all the guests went and helped themselves to one they were only like little kind of miniature ones mm -hmm. um just to keep them going between ceremony and finally sitting down for you know starters or that is brilliant it is and also everyone just talked about it loads it was a really good conversation point and everyone just found it hilarious that they were stood in the church eating a boost bar um yeah it was a really good idea and quite a, a cost effective it's a wedding favor there's your wedding favor exactly exactly <laughs> and it gave people a boost literally and figuratively you know yeah <laughs> unplugged ceremonies oh talk to me about these because i think they're brilliant i think I think this is so important. If I was to get married, I would, I would, I'd really make sure that people did this. So unplugged yeah. ceremonies, what what are they to people? Yeah, basically I've been to I've only been to two where the couple have like one couple in particular actually had a big sign as you went in. This is an unplugged ceremony, please respect our wishes. The idea of an unplugged ceremony is that guests put their phones away and that then they're then suddenly more present and they're actually paying attention to what's happening. Mm -hmm. They're not worried about taking their own photos of the dress or whatever. Um, and they're listening to what's going on and they're way more engaged and involved in the ceremony. As a photographer, I love an unplugged ceremony because I cannot begin to tell you how many times I've got stunning shots of the whole scene of the wedding, looking down the aisle, seeing the, the couple at the end of the aisle getting married, or as they're finally announced uh, as a as man and wife or as wife and wife or as husband and husband and as they turn to come down the aisle all of their guests get their phones out and it does ruin a photo it does I know that it's the sign of the times and everything but that's what the photographer's there for mm -hmm. so I love an unplugged ceremony the, the worst one I ever had was when 
um, <laughs> the couple walking down the aisle and everyone was throwing confetti and like, yeah, yeah, married, yeah. And the groom's mum sidestepped out into the middle of the aisle to get a photo of them on an iPad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like having a flat screen, now. Flat screen oh. TV. It, it completely ruined my shot. Luckily, I'd ha- I got shots before that, but... It's yeah. hard. It's well. It's hard enough at a gig when you're like, put the iPad away. Honestly, like, what? Um, iPad's only good for a long journey or something like that, isn't it? Not at a wedding or no. Uh, I'm no. all unplug ceremonies. Time and a place. Time and a place. Mm-hmm. Um. So I love an unplug ceremony. You can also. Uh, one of my brides bought a bell jar, so or a cloche. They're also called. So yeah. obviously a flat piece of wood with the glass bell jar, and she dry- had her wedding flowers dried, and she's got her bouquet on display in her front room in a bell jar oh that's lovely isn't it though yeah and wedding there we exactly. go I like it. <laughs> yeah and she's got um she sprays it with I want to say it's perfume but don't quote me on that actually but she sprays it with something floral what's well, a preserve it's it. perfume it's oh, a what? wedding perfume and then every so often she lifts up the cloche and then smells her wedding perfume and yeah it's oh nice. that's lovely that's a really nice little keepsake yeah. really isn't it yeah talking of um sort of more sentimental things another great idea I've seen you can get our um bouquet charms so they're little silver like a charm a bit like you know you get a locket on a necklace oh I know yeah um, like a miniature picture frame that ties onto your bouquet with ribbon and it's basically to put a picture in of of someone that you've lost that you wish could be with you often Mm. grandparents sadly sometimes parents Mm. um, and you can tie you know if you've lost your mum or whatever you can tie it to your bouquet so that she's literally there at the forefront of your whole day with you oh that's lovely that's a really nice idea yeah absolutely um I went to another wedding where the grooms and groomsmen went and visited the barbers first thing in the morning so I met them there yeah and we got loads of awesome photos of them having their hair done and their beards done and stuff and that is such a good idea because normally it's all such a focus on the woman and pampering and stuff like that I mean also to keep the groom out of the pub uh so, send it to the barbers yeah <laughs> Absolutely. And also we live in an age where men do look after themselves more. And mm. like one thing I do that I don't resent it, but like I do get sad when it, people still say it's the bride's day. It shouldn't yeah. be. Don't make it just the bride's day. It's, the it's both of them, isn't yeah. it? It's about um, them as a couple. That's the thing. Definitely. Um, probably my favourite wedding product I've ever seen yeah. is called the Bridal Buddy. What's that? <laughs> bridal buddy (laughs) so it's like an underskirt that goes under your wedding dress um you put it on yeah 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 you you got your underwear on bridal buddy goes on first it's like Mm -hmm. a like um like a lining skirt lining wherever it's called a slip skirt but along the bottom hem is like a drawstring right and you put your dress on and then when you need to go to the toilet you take the underskirt lift it up put, put your dress into it lift the bottom hem up to your chin draw the string <laughs> and it basically makes you into you know like in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when Veronica turns into a big blueberry and she gets rolled out of that's what you become you become a wedding version of that so that you can go to the toilet without let's let's say it without weeing on your wedding dress that is such a good idea once again an invention why did I not come up with it I know never but 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, you can get them on Amazon and they're not expensive and they're hilarious as oh, well. Definitely need to go in because the amount of times I've I've taken brides to the to the toilet and I'm like, oh okay, what do we do here with all of this material? Yeah. Um a bridal buddy is what you do. Bridal buddy, that's the answer. Oh, and then yeah. I think the best idea, not the best idea, because it was something that I did for my <laughs> my for a brother's wedding. I'm just gonna blow my own trumpet. You know what? I'm gonna say it. One of the best ideas is you want that moment of after the first dance you want everyone to then join you on the dance floor and you want to announce the party started guys this is what I so I planned my brother's wedding for him with his with his um with my sister-in-law with his wife yeah and I just thought when I get married I want to announce the party and I want to be like come on guys party time let's celebrate so I bought four two foot long confetti cannons (laughs) and got my cousins to stand in each corner of the dance floor they are loud, I will say this, but they they directed them up to the ceiling and they the first song that was played for everyone to join in on was um was Uptown Funk. Oh amazing. And so after he went, don't believe we just watched, boo! And then they all oh, got goosebumps. <laughs> be there. Damn it. They, they pulled all four confetti cannons. The amount of confetti, it was like something from Elro. It was oh. unbelievable. Honestly. Oh, I've got goosebumps now. And the whole wedding party, because that's what you want. You want everyone, you don't want people to be like, oh, being dragged up. You want everyone to be like, woo! Like oh, everyone was all oh, the kids gosh. like playing in the confetti. There was about three inches of confetti on the floor. And it just was like, come on, guys, it's party time now. Get dancing. And everyone did. It totally worked. You can blow your own trumpet because that is the best idea ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's official. <laughs> I get married, mate. It's going to yeah. be Elro. It's going to be when you, when you get married, my word, it is going to be a spectacle. I mean, it's not even just because you've been you know as as your job that is what you do but you're so creative and stuff anyway I mean I guess I'm asking you a question here which you're everybody the whole one is wife asks you like oh do you know how you're going to get married then but it's quite nice to the fact that you can go to these weddings and you can choose little you know ideas and enhancements and stuff like that definitely yeah for sure but actually on that note we've had a question in from a guy who is just he just can't get his head around the first dance he just doesn't want people to to watch or he'll be really embarrassed and you know it feels like he'll be at school you know like in year seven disco when you're just yeah. like with a boy and girl and just um sidestepping any kind of advice over over the first dance does it have to be slow I've only ever been to two weddings where the first dance was lively and a quick mm-hmm. song both those weddings it was brilliant mm-hmm. I don't know why a lot of people make the first dance slow and it's it's like boring dancing I guess because it's a romantic moment but essentially it's just a chance for the bride and groom to come together have a bit of a dance and then for everyone to join them yeah don't put too much pressure on it like Mm. honestly I think I'd have a fast song when I get married definitely as as a first dance and it's just to kind of I don't know I think a lot of people do put pressure on oh I can't dance it's like it's a bit like when you go and do karaoke, you're not there to impress people with you singing. Yeah. Seriously. It's not like, hello, Wembley, is it? It's just no, like... exactly. <laughs> just go out there, have a good time and let your friends and family clap along whilst you dance exactly how you dance. It's just yeah. like, just express it, feel it, you know? You do you, basically. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um... 
That's um, gosh, I think people are going to really take a lot away from this conversation. I hope people have like had a little notebook and write, write. I should have said that at the beginning, really, shouldn't I? Like write all these down. You have to listen again. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of wrapping this up a little bit, for those who have to adapt to the ever-changing rules uh, recently, um, they might have had a big wedding planned and they're a bit smaller um, or they've had to wait a while and, you know, maybe they're feeling a bit not as excited as, as before. You know, do, what's your advice be to ensure that they're still going to have the special day that they've always dreamed of? So first of all, I did four weddings in 2020, which is, I mean, four weddings is just nothing compared normally to you do that in what uh well more than that a month weekend <laughs> yeah exactly yeah uh, literally like um so this year between um june and november i've got over 40 so it's yeah oh. it's but the last the weddings i did last year in 2020 they were all micro weddings and do you know what like i said earlier the couples actually loved their wedding being smaller there's a lot to be said for smaller weddings you can spend quality time with people mm. um and it's not it, just because there's less people there doesn't mean it doesn't feel as special so i think get on board with the idea that your wedding's going to be smaller also one of my couples had a wedding of 30 mm. but on their first anniversary they're having a re-wedding and they're basically having a massive party with all the people they would have invited they're going to like have their wedding photos up on display um, I've heard a couple of people doing the same actually yeah there's ways to get around it isn't there and the main thing to remember is it's actually just about the couple and you know and the and the marriage in itself I mean yeah, yeah. when we were talking about this originally you mentioned a really good point about how weddings first started yeah like, well the original the original idea between kind of behind a wedding was that you'd have the couple and then you'd have um your witnesses and often that's how people got married back in the day mm. um my grandma got married at like 9am and then went and had br um, breakfast that was the tradition that's why you have a wedding breakfast yeah um so yeah you literally would get married with a handful of people around you then you go yeah. and have breakfast and then you'd get on with your day that was literally yeah. it so yeah, it's, I think there's a lot of pressure now for it to be this huge, great big party and this huge thing. But actually, um, if you readjust and reevaluate your priorities, it's about you coming together, getting married to someone that you really love and, you know, wearing a nice dress and having a bit of a party. Yeah. And one thing I really wanted to mention as well, I think we didn't get to, to touch on it as much as I wanted to um, on that first question um, in terms of what would you advise spending money on on your big wedding day? I think talking about all of these special moments in that day and in, in this episode, I just always think that I would want to capture it and watch it back and look at it again. And I think the role that you play as a wedding photographer, as, as a supplier, is so important because as the bride and groom or the bride and bride or groom and groom, whatever, I, I've heard so many times that the day just goes like that. And I, I personally would, would think that, you know, spending money on, on a photographer or a videographer and just so they can capture that special day is, is so important. I mean, in terms of your job, you're not just a photographer, really, are you? You, you kind of do it all. <laughs> And how would you like, um, if someone is, is, is looking to choose the right photographer, what do you think is really important to make sure that they, they choose the right one for them? Because there are so many choices out there now. How, how do you know that someone's going to be with you and on the same page during your special time? 
yeah I mean like without getting obviously too salesy I'm not salesy anyway but <laughs> the thing about a photographer that I always say to people is um the photographer is essentially going to provide you with the only thing that you'll have left from your day to look mm-hmm. back on that will remind you of everything so you might have your wedding dress and you can try that on and things but actually reliving your day and remembering it and all those details that is going to come from your photography mm-hmm. with photography you do get what you pay for because you're paying for that photographer's, that that artist's style and also their decorum as well. Don't forget that you're actually buying into your photographer as a person. So the biggest thing I'd always say is um, meet your photographer in person. FaceTime works as well and, and doing a digital meeting. But by meeting them in person, you're basically an- analysing. You're asking yourself the question, am I going to be happy spending my wedding day with this person constantly by my side because your photographer sees more of your day Mm. than your parents will or your friends will and most of your guests your photographer is there from the beginning to the end and sees the ins and outs of everything and a photographer has to not only be polite and professional because I've been to weddings before as a guest where the photographer has rounded people up for guest shots and has been rude like has Mm. been really rude and I've heard that before as well bossy or yeah and a lot of photographers can often wedding photographers like like especially the older generation sort of male ones Mm. is a quite a broad statement you know but a lot of them do can often be quite um, I think it's misjudgment from their part I think that they're they're trying to do a good good thing by keeping you know the timings along and being assertive but I mean a friend of mine the, the girl got married in Portugal she was just like in the end they were trying to like frolic her around in the in the grass and like keep pulling them away from the um the guests and she was just like please no I just want these these we've, you've had the shots now like I want to go and, and party with my friends yeah but they were just trying to do the best possible job they could but they weren't they just weren't matched they did they weren't on the same page at that point which is a real shame yeah when I when I have my consultation with my um couples I always recommend that they have so I usually say between 35 and 45 minutes for couple shots and that's it. Some mm-hmm. I've, I've been at weddings before as a guest where the photographer has spent two hours with the couple. Mm-hmm. Um, but even though I say 35 minutes, I ultimately let the couple decide. Mm-hmm. It's their day. So I've been, my record so far, bear in mind most of my couples do go for about 30 to 45 minutes. But my record was um, one of my couples that I'm now actually really good friends with because we were so similar. Mm. They got married in a brewery. I mean, amazing. Oh, cool. After 12 minutes, her groom was like, right, I'm done. I want to go to the bar. In 12 minutes, I got quite a lot because I work quickly and efficiently. Mm. But that was their decision. They were like, I don't want to spend my wedding day at a photo shoot. And as yeah. a couple, you are within your right to say that. And you can you can call those shots. That's absolutely fine. Mm. Um, so I think your, couple, your photographer needs to be able to obviously read the room needs to be able to respond to you as a, as a couple yeah. needs to be professional with your guests because they're there at the forefront of your wedding day literally all day mm. um, but also like I, I at my weddings I've got I always go like above and beyond like I've removed I removed a lip gloss stain for one of my bride's um dresses that literally the middle of their skirt before they had gone to their ceremony oh and managed to get that done I've given my boots to my a bride when we were going through mud and I ran through the mud in my tights so that she couldn't didn't ruin her wedding shoes so she had my big clunky boots on and I was running in like literally like ankle deep in mud oh my um, gosh and 
gone through nettles I've walked through nettles to make a path so that my couple can it's like having someone that is a prepared to do that but b like I love my job so much so for me it's just, mm. it's just what you do so my, my my favorite story of yours is actually when you drove the the bride <laughs> and her kids home in your car at the end of the day <laughs> right as well I just think no. that sums up <laughs> that <laughs> yeah she had to go above and beyond that is that is for sure she had a smaller a, a self-professed smaller ceremony they were going from there um they got married at our registry office which is beautiful in Lincoln then they went home to get changed and they went out for dinner as a family and that's exactly what she wanted and it was lovely but yeah. her taxi didn't show up and it was really really raining so I was waiting with her to make sure that she got into a taxi okay and I had I've got loads of matching umbrellas so I was also holding the umbrella for her and it never showed up so I was like right come on in the mini so yeah she climbed into the back of Liam the mini <laughs> with, with all of her she had loads of her kids and all sorts and we had a we had a grand old time yeah it was oh, great that's when she needs the bridal buddy actually to uh <laughs> yeah exactly keep the, keep the dress in check Oh, Rach, thank you so much. I think people would have so many, you know, takeaways from, from this chat, whether, you know, you're getting married this year, next year, 10 years time, or you're going to be a, a, a guest as well. Um, and if somebody wanted to get in touch with you and check out your work, because it is amazing. Um, <laughs> if you follow me anyway, I'm always reposting you. So uh, I'm not sorry about that. But there's a <laughs> high chance that people know you through me you know kind of talking about you anyway but what's your handle on Instagram like how what's your website and stuff and um, if people want to get in touch with you yeah it's my Instagram handles um at Rachel London Photography so that's where my portfolio is same on Facebook um business Facebook page is Rachel London Photography um and you can find my email address there as well or you can drop me a message through Facebook and um and I can send over my wedding pack and that outlines who I am and what I do and what you get when you when you hire me as your photographer perfect thank you so much I hope that you've uh, enjoyed coming on here today thank you so much for having me I love the podcast it's so brilliant oh thank you so much yeah thank you everybody for listening and please do keep listening to the episodes before and the ones coming as well thank you